Oh, sad. It wasn't terrible considering I've got my loose leaf duck floating in here <laughs> and my true. spoon in here. And we were like clinking over your laptop, which always makes me a smidge nervous. Mm, I haven't had this one in so long. It's so nice. Where's my little pond for my duck? There he is. Oh, yeah. I think the last time you drank this one was a uh, MPL episode. I think so. Yeah, that was like it felt it's applicable. blood orange smoothie, which as we are talking about assistant to the villain. Yes, there we go. Yeah, welcome to our tea is steeping. It's our special fifth week episode. Yay. I'm drinking ye old classic glazed lemon loaf. So Gosh. you're the Evie in this situation. <laughs> I love it. Um, apologies because we're recording this the day after we recorded the gentle way so i still have a sinus infection sorry guys you're still congested (laughs) but i feel like when your voice is lower like my voice matches it so maybe i'll be less squeaky (laughs) but we're really excited to get talking about assistant to the villain i've been so excited since we pitched this idea like months oh yeah and we still both had this all in like one week or less. Yeah. I mean, we'd read it before. Oh, yeah. So this is helps. a reread for both of us. But I had to like, I borrowed it two weeks ago from the library <laughs> and I had to renew my I my have no regrets about borrowing. borrowing this one. I have the second one pre-ordered to, already. You need to pre-order. There's a couple of books. Yeah. I've pre-ordered The Familiar. Yeah. By Lee Bardugo. I need, I need one. There's a couple other books I really want to pre-order, but I yeah. need to pre-order this one. <laughs> because I'm like, especially as like pre-orders have become increasingly important for authors, it's like when yeah, I have books I that I really want to support, yeah. I really do want to pre-order them to make sure especially that... Especially like a small new author. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's why I wanted to pre-order it. So. Yeah. We're so excited. There we go. We're excited. Let's keep going. So, recording on the computer, we have to, like, switch back and forth between tabs. I'm assuming it's still recording for me. Oh, it's still recording. We had a panic. It, like, disappeared (laughs) for a second. Okay. So, okay, cool. We're going to... This is our first time using the first time. Yeah, this is the first time. Sorry, you're learning this. Um, so we're going to see, because this is a short section, so hopefully it doesn't record things relatively simply, um, but our first section, we're talking just about our thoughts going into this book. Yes. Because there was a lot of hype for this book when it first came out. And I had no idea about it, which is not the normal for us. I know normally you're the one that finds things, but I kept getting ad after ad for this on social media and like... Social media advertising for the win for the author, like, honestly. Well, it's one of those things, it's like, if I see it advertised on social media, I'm like, 
about that. Oh, I, they probably really target me because I click on the Kindle Unlimited ads all the time. And most of the oh. time they're junk, but like, that's where I find a lot of them. Oh. I'm like, yeah, I'm just curious what this is. Yeah, I don't. But I think they learn what I click on. And then like what I actually follow the link on. So it got less bad. <laughs> but I started seeing ads for this everywhere on my Facebook and Instagram. And I read the summary that they posted with it. And I really love the idea. I love the artwork on the cover that they posted. And then I found out that it started out as a series of videos on TikTok. I did um, find her TikTok and it's a whole playlist. That's amazing. Okay. So we I found her on that. Instagram and I didn't really feel like a playlist. I had a hard time following think, the story. I don't think Instagram does playlists the same uh, way TikTok yeah. does. TikTok, you can start from the very beginning of the uh, assistance of the villain playlist. And I would love to watch through it all. It really reminded me a lot of um, the Lizzie Bennett Diary, <laughs> um, which is a YouTube series. Like, please go watch it listen to it i feel like if you listen to us you probably watch the lizzie bennett diary like that's probably our target demographic (laughs) but that was amazing i was really excited because i you know i've watched that loved it the humor looked great it's a really new idea which is even better because i feel like so many things that are coming out right now are just the same old thing i have three books that i was at different percentages of reading on Kindle. yeah i was like at 75 percent on one 25 percent on one and then like a 30 or 40 percent on another Mm -hmm. and i just like returned them all to Kindle unlimited i just dnf them all because it gotten to a point in the book where i was like okay this storyline is very tired and i'm over it and i can see where it's going this one i'm like this like you've already tried to push so much in just yeah. the first 25 percent of this book oh my gosh yeah i don't know how you're going to make the rest of the book without it being real choppy yeah and then i remember the third one so yeah. i guess that shows how much it so i just <laughs> dnf'd all three of them i need to go edit my goodreads because it's probably still showing me as like actively reading and like yeah. i if i dnf something i normally don't like review anything on it i just delete it after, out of my oh, profile no. Like, if I really like the book. Because I figure if I really like the book, I try to put stuff that I really liked about it so that if yeah. somebody else is looking for a book to read, I'll, that they see something that it's like. I have, like, I have lists of what I've read. Those but books are, like, guilty pleasure reads, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't put them. I'm just going to delete them. Hey, like, if somehow this links and they immediately pop up on my Goodreads, I'll have to go through and delete them.
That knowledge as I was looking back, I was like, yeah, it makes sense now. made observations like mm -hmm. of like the characters observing someone else oh, in a way okay. I've not seen uh, and like with new phrases and yeah. stuff and it's like this is so nice to have and some of it's tongue-in-cheek humor yeah. some of it's um like when this the character has a serious moment like but the just the thought behind it yeah I really really enjoyed it but for all if you can't tell um we rate this like five times <laughs> book, and we highly recommend that you guys read it. Favorite? 
Yeah, this one is from Kellogg. meeting a bit sensual or <laughs> too many morally gray men books where this should be a red flag but it's not And then, also from the prologue, did he think she was judging him? Yes, the blood's not great, but I was referring to the fact that you look like you were carved out of marble, and I just think as a rule of thumb, inherently evil people should be grotesque looking. The fury winked out as if never there in the first place, his only response to blink. You can't just kill people and be pretty. It's confusing. <laughs> Evie began unwrapping a wolf scarf her little sister Lissa had given her on her last birthday, stepping closer to the villain and holding it up like a signal of peace. For the blood, yes. <laughs> it's like if we're going to stay when he fell, it would definitely be here. Face planted in love, and then the feeling just kept growing. Yeah. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> for the blood, yes. <laughs> it's a contradiction. Then in chapter one, Evie thinks, granted, she didn't want to become evil, but when you spend most of your life trying to see the sun, you begin to wish for the rain. <laughs> Oh well, my god. Yeah, that hits so hard. Because they talk so much about Evie being this bright, sunshiny person who always has mm -hmm. a smile on her face and then it starts to delve into like why she smiles all oh, the time. Oh yeah, and you get to see more of like her thought process mm -hmm. and it's pretty much always manufactured because yeah. she puts other people before her to her detrimental to her. Yeah. I love seeing just how they fall for each other in all the little things. I think we've talked about this in other podcast episodes where it's like, um, this isn't a normal situation we can relate to, obviously. <laughs> Very much not. But the little things of like Evie knowing exactly how Tristan takes his coffee in the morning and revealing the fact that she's the only one that he trusts to know it because he <laughs> likes it really sugary or him hiding in a doorway just to hear her humming. I like love is truly in the little thing right and that's captured so well here it's not all the big dramatic gestures it's knowing because the thing because the thing that i think they would point to is definitely the little things mm -hmm. like they would point out those before she would point out the big stuff that he said for her oh like, yeah she cares more about these little things and the fact that mm -hmm. she he pulled her out the way of the group yeah like they don't even make that big she doesn't make a big deal no. out of that no but she cares more about like oh you didn't tell me that oh and i guess that's <laughs> what i mentioned in this one um because in chapter five um evie thinks about how she smiled just in case and not for the last time hoped it was enough to keep those she cared about safe and we find out that's when we find out that she doesn't really actually smile all the time because she feels like it mm -hmm. and then following again in chapter six tristan notices the delighted glimmer in her eyes 
the high points of her cheeks, the slight uptick of her lips, like she was always ready to smile at a moment's notice. And she is, but it's a defense. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the contrast with his thoughts on her smile right after yeah. hearing her true reasoning behind it, I thought was really nice to have right beside each other. Yeah. In two different chapters. That is really nice. Because well, I think it's a lot more genuine when she's around him, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, like, the normally, like, perspective switching in books, it can be a little oh, rough yeah. to deal with, and it's not always my favorite, especially in a romance. Yeah. Because then it's very, very much like you can tell the gender of the author at that point. Yeah. Because they definitely write one side better than the other. Yeah. And though it's a woman writing a villain, a man villain, <laughs> a man villain, <laughs> um, like, I feel like she did a pretty good job of, like, it being a guy's perspective. Yeah. So it was very well done, dual perspective. Yeah, it wasn't one that I was annoyed and like, can we just get back to the true main character yeah. at this point? Yeah. Like, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and then we both really enjoyed the development of Rebecca. Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. So she's not liked, but she's understood to an extent and she doesn't magically start liking Evie just because she disappeared for a bit with the villain's misunderstanding of the whole letter from Blade and everything. Yeah. Um, and then when they both find out they have a relative with the Mystic Illness. Or that they both think they have a relative with a mystic illness. Um, it doesn't change the fact that they still don't like each other. I feel like in a yeah super do. quality book, yeah, they would have all of a sudden been like, "Oh, we're best friends. Let's yeah, keep no. off into the sunset." They just find a mutual respect for each other, yeah. but they still don't like each other. All right, and that's fine. <laughs> that's real <It's> life. <laughs> definitely more real life. Yeah. Um, do you want me to read the quote on that? It's like later on okay. in chapter twenty-two. Um, Becky is talking to the villain and he says, Miss Erring, do you want Miss Sage to come back? Yeah, seriously. She didn't look at him, just gave him her back as she turned to the, open the heavy door. No, I don't, he said quietly, but I think she deserves to. And I think that was the moment we all actually kind of like started to like Becky mm-hmm. a little bit more, just showing that her, they're through her humanity to yeah. their community. Oh yeah, because they still they still don't like each other at all. Yeah. Um that's the first it's time just, she says something somewhat kind. Yeah, and you see that she's like truly meaning it. Yeah. So that's also nice. Yeah.
very probably, very probable, uh, mm-hmm. type of, very probable Tristan was going to die. But dying in the pursuit of revenge is very villain's dream, so he couldn't commit himself to mind very much. There's so many things <laughs> like that. Great, you guys. It really was. <laughs> and then there's the world building and character establishment from the very beginning is so mm-hmm. solid because this is in a whole different world. There is magic, but she's able to humorously incorporate different things like coffee and donuts. Mm-hmm. But then she has to explain them in such a way that like it's a different world. Like it's not just assumed that things are going to be the same between the worlds, which we've yeah. complained about in other books. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very well done. So I think I mentioned stuff like the cauldron brew and the yes, the fried pastry. Yes. I think I mentioned those later, maybe in the general thoughts, because I, I was like, so, that's yeah. so clever. Like, you know totally what they're talking yeah. about, but it's more of that tongue-in-cheek humor of, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to incorporate it, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, but this is fantasy, so <laughs> yeah. we got to make it a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, But him calling her chaos? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm such a sucker for a good emphasis on good <laughs> yeah. nickname. And yeah. Tornado, which was chapter three, and Cyclone, chapter six. And they just purchased the whole book oh, through yeah. any sort of nickname that denotes chaos and yeah. his carefully ordered villainous world is what he gives to Evie. And I love it. Well, it's so <laughs> fitting for the character, too, of the villain to call her that because, like, as a villain, chaos and tornadoes are, are actually a good thing and he, yeah. he likes that type of thing and so that is an endearment for him but she is also messing up his carefully ordered world um it's just so well done <laughs> and then the frog's name is kingsley oh my gosh okay so many thoughts on kingsley i missed the first time around that the villain is the one who gave kingsley all of his little signs so cute. Yeah, it's just like a small little sentence on there that it was the slate that the villain had provided. And I was like, <gasps> like, oh my gosh, he's allowing the frog to speak. <laughs> One word at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and in chapter 11, um, so they're in a carriage, um, the villain and Evie, and Kingsley is with them. And she realizes that there is a small little stand built into the carriage that she is like convinced hadn't been there before and was only put there for the frog to sit on. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of character development with that too, but we'll save that for later. Yeah. I also <laughs> oh, just, sorry you guys you heard the nasty talk. <laughs> I just had an idea that hit about second book series. So hopefully I'll remember it by the time we get okay, to second book yeah. series. I think I will because we pulled something else that's like similar. We did, yeah. But um okay, so in the prologue. Uh-huh. <laughs> how long has he been up there? She pulled away from the solidness of his chest and, and found herself alarmed to catch the freshness of his scent. Shouldn't he smell like death? Not faintly of cinnamon whiskey and cloves. I really enjoy, too, that it is firmly established she is not afraid of him as she thought and that she does find that, like, interesting, concerning, disarming, lots sorts of, like, unexpected yeah. type adjectives. Yeah. <laughs> um, because he's a villain. You're not supposed to like him. Yeah, he, he does do. bad things within his moral code. That's, yeah, <laughs> we'll learn more about his moral code later. Oh, yeah. But I really like Evie, and the fact that we skipped through her actively adjusting to her new job, I was dreading um, after the prologue that what was coming um, during my first read um, was we were about to get a, a whole uncertainty and not knowing her place. Trying mm-hmm. to like figure out how she should be in this new job and when it skipped five months into it where she's kind of like 
gained her footing. Oh, yeah, she's a pro. I was so happy about yeah. that because that's one of, like, I just... Yeah. I really... That's one of those things that I'm, like, so tired. What new can you do with this? Like, if you can yeah. do something new in this area of this type of book, go right ahead. Yeah. Because then it also so wasn't tired right. of reading this type of... It wasn't a pro from the very beginning. Right. Either, you know, the belief but I guess it's also not like the yeah cliche, and yeah. it's not the total point of the book either. Yeah. So I'm glad that they did skip that portion. Agreed. Um, here's the here's yeah, the mention of the <laughs> coffee and donuts. Like coffee. magical beans, but magical beans. Every time they mentioned it, like the magical brew, the beans, or like yeah, the brew. I was like. Okay, this makes uh, that's exactly what coffee is, but it, it is. sounds really gross. Cauldron brew. I mean, if, and if you don't like coffee, that kind of makes it even better. We both like coffee, so yeah. we don't have that problem. But. <laughs> but it's almost like a maybe I need to start like labeling instead of <laughs> instead of it just being coffee, like label a coffee pot cauldron. <laughs> then the the container holding the coffee. <laughs> The bean brew. <laughs> it's too good. Um, okay. This, I feel like it would have had to be really silent when I was thinking. I know. <laughs> like, you hear the silence ringing in my ears. <laughs> um, but I feel like for having a book center on a villain, he's got to be an acceptable villain. It's like the D&D thing of like what like the morally... Uh, oh, oh golly. There's yeah, like the chaotic quad- good, chaotic evil, go. more like, uh, you've got lawful good. Oh, lawful. There we go. Yeah. So it's that type of thing. He's like so, lawful evil. Yeah. yeah. He has, it's an acceptable, vengeful evil. It's not evil for the sake of evil. It's not evil in the terms of he enjoys torture, to- torturing <laughs> puppies and children and murdering, pre- like, he yeah. gets, like, it's none of that. Yeah. He's, He's, he's got his vengeance with, with yeah, and which he's is cute, like torturing someone who was mean to ducks, <laughs> like, right? So it's people that are the actual bad people, like Otto yeah. Warson, her yeah. old boss. Ugh. Like he would thoroughly enjoy torturing him. Yeah, but it's in our <laughs> brains, it's like, well, that's justifiable because the yeah. man tried to assault Evie, or yeah. he did because right. he did leave a knife wound in her shoulder. Carry on, nice villain, sir. <laughs> Um, and then <laughs> the mystic illness. It's just fantasy COVID. Oh my gosh, I was so <laughs> glad you put that down because it really is. And like, as a side note, what a well-written way to reference a current event without dating your book. But see, also like, it could be anything. Yeah, I mean, it there's like, even... there's the plague, there's the bird flu, there's been everything. The Spanish influenza. Yeah. Like, all of that boils down to, it's some sort of illness. So, so... But it's then relatable for every generation that yeah. can read this, that they have a reference point mm-hmm. of something that happened for them. Yeah. Well done. That's cool. And, okay, I could have put this in favorite part too. In chapter one, he slowly bent his knee, kneeling until he was eye level with her. He always meets her at her level. Always. Whether it's physically yeah. or whether it's emotionally. What a sign of respect. Or just in general, yeah. like, he meets her at her level and doesn't condescend to her. Yeah. Actually looks at her as sometimes smarter than he is. Like, I <sighs> <laughs> um, 
And then the foreshadowing, I feel like, is done really well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, especially on this read-through, there's proper build-up mm-hmm. that isn't obvious the first time. But when it comes out that, like, her dad's the traitor and he's using her as the proxy, it makes total sense. Yeah. And, like, reading back through it, we've mm-hmm. seen different points. You and I both pointed out the yeah. spot about the ink where she used the ink pot on the villain's desk. Uh-huh. So it wasn't the magical ink. So that's why he didn't know about the... Gavra uh-huh. this time around was yeah. because she used the different ink rather than the magical connecting ink. Yeah. Which I was sad it was purple. It's like, that's my favorite color and now you're going to just use purple <laughs> for bad things. Well, it's normally blue, but you just tried to disguise it. I know. Yeah. Still rude. <laughs> yeah, I loved how much I was able to catch this time with the mm-hmm. read-through. It kind of made the read-through almost even better than the first time. Yeah. Because it felt like, oh, I, like, I'm in on this. How many things can I catch? Okay, so here's what I was talking about earlier. Like, seeing a, a character talk about something with a perspective that, like, it, she's, the author stating the villain finds her very cute and adorable yeah. and really likes her without saying, it was so cute that she did this. Yeah. In chapter six, a sudden small squeak came out of her, sounding suspiciously like a sneeze. She looked up at him sheepishly. He was a puddle on the floor, and every speck of dust in that room was his enemy. She, he thinks she is so adorable, but nowhere in that sentence was she did this. This was cute, yeah. or this was adorable, yeah. or it was just stated what it is, and you know exactly what she's saying. And it's part of too probably him not wanting to admit it to himself. Yeah, um, it's show don't tell. Yes, it's a this very she's very good example. at show don't tell, yeah. and I love it. And yeah. So maybe all the little nothing against Wattpad, it's a good like guilty pleasure like. In the meantime, read and yeah. be like bored and don't want and to feel like looking for starting something. out as a writer. Yeah, because there are some Wattpad books I have read. I'm like, this is really good, yeah. and they take it another couple of rounds of editing, and it'd be a very good book. Yeah, like solid, just like yeah. sell on the shelves. Yeah, but um, it's I just I really was like ah, <laughs> I love it, and it's just not cliche. Yeah. Um, in chapter eight, she yelled to her father that she loved him, but had he heard her? Did he know? This was right. Like she had just taken the bomb out oh. to the parapet and had fallen. Her yeah. foot was stuck. The bomb wasn't far enough away. Mm-hmm. So she's thinking through her life. Did he know? The double meaning in that sentence. Did he know? And I can't remember now because on the read here, I didn't get read for that part. So I'll find out from your comments. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he did. He did. And he did not care anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the double meaning of had he heard her did he know he knew and he would have been just fine yeah and then in chapter 9 it says there was nothing productive about feeling the pounding pressure of people dying for him knowing he wasn't worth the sacrifice oh my gosh it was this this continuous humanization of the villain giving us glimpses in his brain and what his driving force really is with what his actions are showing us and these are the times you can really tell with all their great in psychology. But it's also just so relatable. Not it really is. For mm-hmm. everyone's sacrificing for you. Mm-hmm. And like why he wants to feel it all the time. Yeah. Doesn't think and then in chapter 11, um, it was like it was quiet the last time she saw her brother. It was quiet the day her mother left. It was quiet the day when her father got sick. The quiet had brought her so much pain. And same again here, just like giving us that deep dive in Evie's brain this time and why she always chatters and fills the silence and is so happy all the time mm-hmm. because she doesn't ever want it to get too quiet and let 
called David Doe. Yep. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Chapter 12, when she says she likes to read dirty romances and he spits his drink out, I laugh so hard. Oh, yeah. Also, in general, I could have put this in the favorite part section. The angst, the tension, the dancing around the truth that they're in love. Well, like, Woburn is the entire book, you guys. It is. So good. But I also really enjoy the slow burn and the fact that, like, it's not... It could, the slow burn could have gone on a little bit longer. I feel yep. like it was timed out perfect for the I book. Think, yep. But, like, it could have gone on longer and I'd have been okay with it because yep. this, like, dangling off the precipice of yeah. the... I yeah. think you like me, but you're a villain. Why would you like yeah. me? And, like, any other book, I think I would have been annoyed about a slow burn going into two books worth. Mm -hmm of like material this one not at all not upset about it well they're slow burns over <laughs> except <Yeah>. for Heath. <laughs> um in chapter 19 the villain sneered the magic only prevents you from doing anything to harm me i stopped caring who lied to me long ago evie gasped her head spinning you don't trust me this is one of my favorite parts because i feel like it's a turning point of their relationship um not because he was a total booty <laughs> because he was a butt <laughs> Um, but it's also because he'd been hurt before in that way. And also at this point, I'm like, <laughs> and so I documented this for it. It is to ride <laughs> because the goal doesn't actually do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, in chapter 19, flying down the stairs. Oh, this is, I read this paragraph sentence, whatever. And I was like, like I am in love with Flying down the stairs, leaving nothing but pain in her wake, Evie prayed to be swallowed into the earth and perhaps reborn as a tree, where the only thing she would be expected to do was grow. She tied her cloak about her shoulders, replaying every moment in her mind as she always did, analyzing every move, every word said, over and over until she wanted to find her reflection somewhere and smash it just to watch herself break. That feeling, though, is <sighs> so relatable. <laughs> like... It really is. Whether or not you deal with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking earlier this week, and there have been multiple times this week I had said something, and as I'm going with them, I'm just sitting there replaying it, and I'm, like, cringing at myself, and yeah. I'm like, did I have to say this this way? Like, different stuff like that. Um, But I read this, and I was like, I think I sent you a screenshot of it. And I don't think you did. I did, because I found the screenshot in my photos. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to look back through our text, because I don't I remember I sent you a screenshot that. And I was like, I love this paragraph so much. <laughs> um, but the idea that going to find point. a mirror and smashing it because that's the yeah. only way you can watch yourself break because you're so, like, it was a while back. Can you click on, like, your pictures within oh, yeah. our message and just yeah. scroll back yeah. through the pictures? I found the, the old Greg. Okay. The old Greg. Old Greg. But it was a skinny little one with this text. But I had texted it to you. Is that or it was a messenger? Did you, baby? Uh, it was before the gentle way. I am in a tank top and leggings. <laughs> um, but I read that paragraph and I was like, 
<laughs> so good. Um, chapter 21. Many words to say simple things. Say, ugh. Many words. You use too many words. Okay, this I had. Okay, there is a comment I have somewhere where I'm like, mother trucker highlighting, and this is hard. Um, because every time I would highlight too close to the top of the page, it would go back like two pages, and I would have yeah. two pages highlighted, and I'm like, I don't need that much highlighted. Because we went through the process of actually highlighting in the ebooks that we had, and then exporting all the quotes and comments and notes that we took as we were actually reading, and then combining them into in a the Google document. document. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it's a different experience. Yeah, um, but anyways, her sister, Alyssa, is telling her that she uses too many words to say simple things, Evie. Her sister patted her head before grabbing a book she placed on the ground. You should only use a couple. People understand better that way. Kids always know, but also that's what they tell you, especially when talking with young kids and having a toddler and a almost eight-month-old. Um, oh, they know, right? <laughs> um, but with that, like, you realize you have to talk in, like, one sentence. Like, when I'm telling her things that she needs to get done, yeah, one sentence at a time with short, brief instructions. Go yeah. put, she has a little vacuum down for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And whenever I vacuum, she vacuums with me. And it's super <laughs> cute. Um, but I said, all right, go put your vacuum up. And then after she does that, then I'll tell her the next thing. If I yeah. tell her anything more than three things to do in a sentence, she's like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Because it's, it's her brain can't comprehend all that at once. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just too much. About developmental milestone. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Um, and then chapter 21. Everything's all right, she said, echoing the words she'd spoken to Lissa in that field of burned up witches all those years ago. Everything was all right. How devastatingly poetic that was a field of dandelions that her mother accidentally killed her brother in and that her mother disappeared from. And that she feels all of her wishes burned up with it and her oh, childhood. That was so... Like, she talked about her not having a childhood, basically, because she was out there with her mom. Mm-hmm. Um, the mom accidentally killed her brother, although we didn't see plotting. Yep, yep. So he might not be dead I yet. I have suspicions, too. <laughs> but, um, so accidentally killed or not her brother. Then she disappeared. So then she had to basically raise her younger sister because her dad's a piece of crap. And then she had to drop out of school so she could work to help feed them because her dad's a piece of crap. (laughs) So, it's so symbolic. And I feel like this portion was the only bit that was a little bit slightly too on the nose in terms of, oh, her wishes burned up. Yeah. Because they literally did. So, I mean, it worked really well. But it also still was a little, a little ominous. Yeah, but when you write enough other stuff that yeah. like, isn't like that, you can get away with a, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> In chapter, so the same chapter, um, she's still t- talking to her little sister. And, oh, um, I don't like this part. Yeah. Can we fix it? Lissa had asked with the pace. No love, Evie had sighed. It's hard enough to put something back together once. A second time, I'm afraid, is far too much to hope for. They had thrown the pieces away. <gasps> so that one is so deep. They were able to fix it after the first break. This is right around her first break in the relationship with the villain. So if there was a second break, it'd be really hard to fix it back. I don't think there's going to be a second break. But I think at that point in the story, it was very, it worked very well for where they were at. Yeah. Like he had a chance to restore it because yeah. if he broke her trust again and hurt her like that again, yeah. it wasn't, she would. Like, yeah, she'd probably cut him off, honestly. Yeah, she's very, she's pretty good about setting boundaries. She is. Yeah. Um, 
Chapter 23. It hurt me. He wondered if it would scar her for life if he threw himself from the window. <laughs> we stay in a drama king. Yeah. He is. The quiet one. <laughs> I mean, he threw another guy out the window for, like, making comments oh, yeah. about her. I have that in here somewhere. <laughs> when I found that out, I was like, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, the fact that he has a nightlight and she doesn't shame him for it, but also doesn't let him move it down. Yeah. Gold. Gold. Solid gold. <laughs> um, chapter 23. He asks her, asks, asks the hard word today. It is. <laughs> why it matters if he trusts her and she says she wants to know him. That's all. And, and then he thinks that knocks his world off its axis. I can't. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm wondering where I made a comment about, I think it's in maybe about his name and the spelling. Oh. oh. <laughs> I don't know. I have had a similar thought about that. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, and then the next chapter, so chapter 24, she touches his face and then he pulled her behind him, so it's with the dragon yeah. and he's tired. Um, and it's right after, like, they've been apart, like, she's not been working, and so, of course, he's exhausted because he didn't realize how integral she was to his business. But they're out there with the dragon and she touches, like, the bags under yeah. his eyes and I'm like she touched his face and everything around them is like it's so obvious right <laughs> <laughs> and then the dragon shows up and he pulls her behind him I'm like oh let me just stand myself here for a minute <laughs> the amount of tension in the sense I stare myself oh when my all gosh. parties are fully clothed <laughs> because everyone stays fully clothed in this book <laughs> um Tristan instantly caring for her after he notices her sensitivity to the dagger. Yeah, he just throws. Oh yeah, embeds it in the wall. I was mm -hmm. like, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> just everything. Chapter thirty-one. Instead, he leaned down and put his head alongside hers above the crook of her shoulder. He pretended that he didn't hear her breath hitch. Pretended his wasn't an echo. Um, and then, uh, there was like <laughs> dot 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 because there's there's more text in between her because it's all the same chapter. He grabbed the chair closest to his desk and angled it slightly toward the window, only because it looked nicer that way. It had nothing to do with the sun hitting, the, hitting it at just the right angle, causing sparks of light to glint in Sage's long back hair. He is so in love with her. I love it so much. I'm in love with how much he loves her. <laughs> then in chapter 45, um, so it says, Oh, oh my god, this is yeah. Oh, oh, this is my favorite, one of my favorite parts. The fake husband scene. I okay. love a fake husband, fake dating, fake anything. And then they both happen. Bills, yes. They both have feelings, and they're like, contract. Burn the contract. Burn it to the ground. But the contract is even better than we hope. Okay. Okay. So it goes, oh, I know. Evie gave a watery smile as she gestured to the villain, still unconscious in the hands of his father. But my husband... She made the words seem forced, like she was seconds away from shattering. Uh, so just like the fake husband scene. And then she goes to kiss him. And the villain is like, well, if it's just a dream anyway. And he throws it all into that. Oh, man. That was uh, a good old dream kiss. And then like, yeah, we, we, were, we were fanning ourselves over here. And then he thought he had heard someone cough, which was quite rude of his subconscious, <laughs> but he pulled back anyways and watched her lips drift closer, wanting to bring her back to him. And then, and then what were you going to say, love? She was <laughs> oh my God. 
we've gotten past our just generic likes. We have lots of likes, but yeah. this will come in the general thought section. It's going to be like I know. <laughs> way too long. But guys, <laughs> it's just so good. You know, you guys can stop at any point, but if you want to fan over it with us, feel free to keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> so in the few dislikes that we have, oh, wait, this is the tiniest they're like, ever. yeah, and it's just like, Oh, my first Little one is that, that I really didn't even know. It was a flipping series when I started reading it, and I was <laughs> distraught. And I knew, and I still did this to myself. That was my only dislike. <laughs> Everything else so, is wonderful. I have a couple little things. Yeah. So, when she says grinded to a halt, I don't like it. Make it stop. What is like, it about it? I thought it was ground to a halt. I think it's like See, I just don't like it grinding. Grinded. That just sounds wrong. It sounds wrong to my ear. I don't like it. Everything I've always heard is a ground to a halt. See, it doesn't sound wrong to me like that. Because I wouldn't say grinded. You don't, like, you ground something. I don't know. <laughs> the more I think about it, the weirder it gets. But it's also like when you think about how it's spelled cat too hard. And all of a sudden that <laughs> word just blows up. See, like... I just I don't like grinded. Just okay. don't like it. That's valid. So you know I'll let you have this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so there was one portion. It could have been used correctly. I'm not positive because either word could have worked in the context. Yeah. But so often people use the word wearily, like you're tired. Yeah. Instead of warily, like you're concerned, um, like approaching something with caution. Yeah. They use wearily instead of warily often. Drive me insane. I'm like, that's not the right word. Yeah. Um, so that was used in the portion here. I was like, I'm not sure if this is correct or not. But later, the word warily is used correctly. So I'm like, it could have been wearily, and it's just me. So, like, it's really not a dislike. It's just like a, it may not have been. And I just had to point it out because it's a pet peeve. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Then to his vow that he not tell her he loves her. I get annoyed in any book when anybody decides to do this. I understand yeah. his reasoning. I understand how it works. I know by the end of the book that they both gave into that and it's yeah. fine. But it just annoys me. When I saw that, I was like, if he had glad that this... on it, or if it was like more of a thing, like they made it out to be a big deal, like, oh, but I can't tell her I made a vow or something like that. Yeah. Then I would have been annoyed. But for me, mm -hmm. it was just him working through the fact that he didn't yeah. want to be in love. And so it didn't bother me as much. So it, if the book so far had not been as good as it was, yeah. I probably would have DNF'd at that point. But I was like, yeah. it's been good so far. Yeah. I'm going to hope that the author didn't screw it up now. That's <laughs> um, reading. And then I was also annoyed at the amount of times they both saw emotions in each other's eyes that they immediately dismissed. And this may not be like a writing thing. It's yeah. just a, you stupid idiots. Yeah. <laughs> they both have so much self-worth issues. But... Yeah, and it's, I mean, it plays off of their insecurities, which is part of the point. But, yeah. like, I would, I was just, oh, I was like, come on. If you keep seeing hope in her eyes when you're really close to kissing her, maybe because she's hopeful you'll hope. kiss her. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't notice that before, but now. Let's get four and three. <laughs> Next segment. Okay. So we're talking about tropes. Yeah. Okay. So the first one, obviously, the grumpy sunshine trope. I love it. Damn. Um, An example, because I like tossed in some quotes that fit. Yeah. Chapter one. But Evie Sage was not a villain, and anyone who suggested she was would get laughed at in the face. 
She's a bit. She's yeah. very much the sunshine half of their duo. Oh, yes. Um, and then kind of the trope that he's this gorgeous mastermind and super coordinated and seems to average well and organized and clumsy. Um, so I really dislike this type of trope. Yeah. Because I feel like it's way overused yeah. and it normally includes a lot of stereotypes and just normally it's paired with not great writing. Yeah. But it's done well here. And so I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she's the only one who can manage him. Everyone else is the wall. I love it. Yeah. And then um, there's the trope of like, she falls first, but he falls harder. And I don't, like she didn't quite fall first. Like she was yeah. definitely attracted to him yeah. first. But I think he might have legitimately fallen first and fallen harder. So I think she fell first into like the like lust category. Yeah. Um. But he was, like, head over heels in love at first, I think. Yeah, I think so, <laughs> So, like, in Chapter 3, nobody was naked, she said with a confident finality, rocking back on her heels. Nobody was naked. <laughs> His eyes flashed, and her twisted imagination had the gall to see something burn there. So, yeah, like, I feel like that's one of the first, like, clear times where it's, like, you yeah. can see that, like, he's definitely thinking about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then also... Periods for emphasis the way they should be done. <laughs> Just had to call that out because now anytime I see anyone use periods for emphasis, my yeah. first thought is fourthling. But this is because they're used way too often there. But this is yeah. like it's used sporadically throughout the book. And makes but actually fun. where it makes emphasis, not yeah. where it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> um and then he's so pretty that she doesn't care that he's the bad guy at first. I mean, that's literally the whole beginning. It's just like, it is. Oh, I wasn't expecting the villain to be <laughs> attractive. <laughs> um, okay, so we have a Darcy hand clinch count. I've yeah. only had two so far because um, I forgot to put the other page. Oh, okay. <laughs> but there were two. Both by the way. I yeah. found three more. Oh, you found three more? That's, that's all the those quotes that I include. Mm-hmm. Those are all times when it happens. Okay, so that's one of them. So there must be three. Because that one and that, I think. Yeah. I think this one. So I missed the middle one. Okay. So somewhere like three to four? Yeah, probably three to four. Yeah. The hand clinch. Oh, so well done. You can't go wrong. 2005, Ride and Prejudice. Woo! Ban myself. Yeah. Um, But the first one was in chapter 11. Um. Second one, chapter 13, and the third, chapter 26. There's probably some after that. But I only started counting after I, like, scrolled back and saw that you, like, started doing a count. And I was like, oh, I need to do that, too. Um, And I wasn't sure that my pages would, of course, correlate with your pages, either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, her thoughts that um, every reaction where he's trying to control him, his reactions to her, she thinks that he doesn't like her. But he just can't help himself with her. So I feel like that's a trope commonly used where they're like, he just doesn't like me, but he's actually like, I think I have to make myself look mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, <or> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the brief fake dating stint where she yeah. calls him her lover slash husband when her, oh, and the, yeah. so the husband and the lover when her ex shows at the bar. Yeah. I wanted him to kiss her so bad. Oh, I know. Instead of just like looping her arms through his, like, I really wish she would have yanked him down and given him a kiss. Oh, yeah. He would have. I think it would have been too early for it. It probably yeah, would, but, but he would have been like, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I smell vanilla. <laughs> um, And then the touch her and die with her ex boss. Mm, yes. There's a really nice quote that I kind of had to include from chapter 28. Um, 
where the villain is talking to Evie and he's kind of coming undone after all this emotional drama that she's been through. And he says, whatever he did, whatever happened to you, that you ended up harmed. You're under no obligation to share it with me, he called out. And when she turned around, he looked uncomfortable, like his clothes were too tight. But if there is ever a time when you decide you do not want him accepting the same world as you are, I hope you know I will enjoy destroying him. <laughs> fan ourselves about what the villain says um so in with these trope this trope section where we just have thrown in a little song section yeah so we did this before with um when we talked about the guild codex yeah. which that episode may or may not exist after this whole riverside. platform riverside yeah. change thing i really don't so know getting rid of the like the music thing out the podcast though we'll which we did on the guild codex yeah so we could probably edit that section out if we wanted to make sure it could still stay posted we but could, yeah i would wait and see if it's still there afterwards yeah i'm kind of hoping it'll stay but we'll see mm-hmm. um, so i am not as good at song connections as caitlin is but i was really proud of myself for having <laughs> two so i only did two but like yeah. i was so focused on trying to get through reading it all yeah i probably would think of more if exactly. i was like I'm sure you will when you're making the reel. Oh, yeah. Although I'm hoping you're one of my... I think I'm going to use that. Because <laughs> it fits. Um, but we're going to start with an obvious one. Morally Gray by April Jai. I don't know how you pronounce her last name. But it was a TikTok song, which yeah. is also appropriate since it started as a TikTok series. Oh, that is um, But it's a TikTok song. It also has a um, version with... There was another... There's a yeah. guy on TikTok that duetted with it. Mm-hmm. So now there's an actual version of that on Spotify as well. I prefer the original version. I feel like if he had been in the song more, I would have enjoyed it more, but he only has like a small section. Um, and so I was like, uh, but Morley Gray very much fits mm-hmm. because Evie would definitely say Gray's her favorite color. Uh, <laughs> yes, she would. Um, and then, <laughs> section when we talked about yeah. adding songs, and I was like, this just bang. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she is like contemplating her life as a whole, and a lot of their music is like life contemplation. It is, yeah. Some with really catchy beats. Yeah. Um, it's just not really appropriate for the bomb scene <laughs> because she's contemplating her life, and there's about to be a big bang. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was so excited to be able to think of one, and so my introduction to the band Eleven D Seven. You know, shameless plug for that. You guys, they're <laughs> really hilarious. It's just. A laugh in the song every song. Um, but they have a couple really like so anyways. So my introduction to eleven U seven was in high school, probably about sophomore year, because there was someone that I was outside on the bus and then later when she was able to choose the year ahead of me and she got her license. She started driving us through from school so she mm. lived in like the neighborhood next to me. And she loved eleven U seven and she loved the song Evil Genius by them. And it was the only song of hers <laughs> I knew up until she but oh my gosh it's so on the nose and just so funny about them taking over the world with cyborg robot squirrel mm. <laughs> and then there's also another one as i was finishing up my notes the song i was listening to spotify and it came on it was one that you added i think i've added some other ryan mac but i don't yeah. recognize that name so it's wish you the worst by ryan mac and it's like I hope that, like, condiments still on your shirt. I hope that your day is just like, <laughs> sucks for you. And I was like, this is absolutely debilitating for the king. <laughs> it's like that talking about, like, <clears throat> evil super. There we go. All right. So, things have changed since we recorded this. It's obviously uh, been a little bit. 
<laughs> so a week ago, we recorded part of this and we're working through hiccups with the new platform that Spotify has forced upon us. Yeah. So we think we have found a solution. We hope. Maybe. Um, but as it is, our transition now is cups clinking. We hope you enjoy it. So there you go. Um, but we're going to be talking about now, this section is um, the general our general thoughts about it. Assistant yeah. to the villain. I about said attention to the villain. They're paying attention to the villain. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. But yes. So I'm taking it away. Here are our general thoughts. Wonderful. Okay. So realizing that we are the same age as the villain, <laughs> I was like, you know, some days like, I really get it. I saw I really it, get it, and I was like, mm-hmm. relatable, mm-hmm. accurate. Yeah. Just want to stay in my murder castle and not talk to anyone. <laughs> Just Do thought. not trespass. And based off of our conversation we just had about ADHD, how our mm-hmm. brains are never quiet, I mm-hmm. was talking about one thing and I had different thoughts going in my head about a conversation did. we had earlier. Yeah. And then I was like, I can't say this out loud. <laughs> but all you listeners, all 1.5 of you, the point five being one of us will listen to half of this and then not accurate. Yeah, we'll be like, does this sound okay? <laughs> Although I'm I might listen to all of this one because I feel like this will be a fun one to listen back it to because be, it's yeah. not our usual since it's a fifth week episode. Yeah. Anyways, I hope um, you enjoy it if you do. I probably <laughs> won't. So, um, one of my first thoughts because I had a ton of notes as we've established from the prologue. Yeah. Um. I have a note from the very beginning. Oh my gosh, this would be such a good little title thing about realizing that we're the same age as the villain and it's relatable. <laughs> we'll have to figure out a short way yeah, to say that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry. Um, it's fine. It's, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're working yeah, with All it. the squirrels in my brain are trying to line up. <laughs> well, unless your name was Evangelina Sage, and a forbidden forest seemed far more inviting than going home and admitting to your family you'd finally found a job and given it away. So my first thought was, she's different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was skeptical of this at the start because of how quickly they established, the author established that she's different from others in her village. But I trusted your recommendation. Yes, thank you. I feel like we need to give a bonus point, though, to, like, take away from the skepticalness on the fact that it didn't outright say the word. She was different. It just... The amount of times authors will be like, but she was different from the other girls. She's not like other girls. (sighs) But this one does not do that. Um, Another quote from the prologue. He had better better things to do with his time than stalk the trees like a forest, right? And then this is where I put Mother Trusk <laughs> highlighting, and this is hard. Um, so it wasn't letting me hi- It was being a pain about highlighting. But it in was her- nice that there was like, a, oh, yeah, in the library app. Yeah. Um, but it was nice that there was a clear establishment that this has fantasy elements. It's not like yeah current day villain. Uh-huh. This is like, it's very much, it's a fantasy villain. There are magical creatures. People have magic in general. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I still a little bit precise. <laughs> and I was like, it's nice that there's establishing. So it's villagey with no air conditioning. Yeah, I like it. Um, and then another prologue one. And this is talking about like the, the wanted, wanted posters, posters for yeah. the villain. And then he was always portrayed as older with a gray beard broken up by large, <laughs> large <laughs> scars running down his face from grappling with his victims. And his teeth were often drawn jagged like he'd rip your heart out with them or perhaps needed to see a dentist. 
This feels like a Flynn Rider type of thing, and mm. they just can't get my nose right. I had that exact same thought, and I could have sworn I had written it somewhere in our notes, but then I couldn't find it, so I was really glad that you wrote that down. Well, it felt very Flynn Rider, but yeah. also they were all relatively the same except just the nose. But yeah. this, they're all very clearly, it's an old man. Yeah, and they're very clearly not him. Because <laughs> we're not old, even no, though we are the same age as the villain. <laughs> Maybe that's the title. We're not, we're not old. old. Um. Oh, yeah. How many notes I had? You have like the whole first page. It's fine. Here we go. Prologue. More prologue because I had a lot. Yeah. As we have already like multiple it. times. Established. Yeah. We're good with it. We're good. Because I also can't remember exactly how often I said this in the first part of the podcast. Because it's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. She'd been so sure she could find something else before her family noticed that the table was a little sparser at dinner. Or that their small cottage was colder for lack of firewood. She'd have to tell him tonight, though. They were down to their last meager food stores. It's very much giving Elaine likes to garden but won't grow vegetables energy. Um, it, but also makes me dislike the dad even more that he would let them go hungry to further the ruse that he is not still employed by the King's Knights. Yeah. Um, and they could have been fed perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. The younger sister that is still very much in, like, Puberty, development, yeah, adolescence, like where it's important six. that you get proper yeah. food. Like six or seven, something yeah, like, like that. Young. Where you're properly fed. Um, and it's it's also established that like, she's too young to really be out there really helping to make a yeah. living, too. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the fantasy world where we put the five-year-olds out on the street to collect money. Yeah, and this is not the fantasy world where the younger sister is only like one year younger and is not doing anything to contribute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another prologue. He was, though, the villain, beautiful. His skin was tanned and smooth, as if his time from terrorizing off off time from terrorizing people was spent lying in the grass, perhaps daintily drinking out of a teacup and reading poetry with his pinky raised. We are the villain. <laughs> totally would be up for this if we're going to establish more that we are the villain. I have a whole whole cabinet full of teacups. Yes, you do. No deal. Facebook Marketplace regularly shows me people selling teacups. It knows. I mean, I also look at them and I'm like, if I was able to, I would buy them. <laughs> the algorithm has eliminated. I mean, I could if I weren't responsible with my money. Yeah, yeah. But you are. <laughs> I, I try to be. Um, another prologue. The part that wasn't attached to her very wise brain found him far too pretty to care. <laughs> <laughs> then, is this what women thought of Ted Bundy? <laughs> Probably. And then this was my comment about, of course, Tristan isn't quite so, should I say, twisted. Like, why? Because, of course, it's fantasy, so his name's got to be spelled. Of course. Different. Although, I actually, I know someone who's married to a Tristan with a Y in real life. Because he's different. <laughs> his mother thought he would be different. different. Um, Her talking about not being able to dodge a dead tree if she was staring at it makes me think about so we're on the way to our beach vacation that we take every year because my husband's family has gone to the same beach. They go to the same area every year. It's been their thing that they do. Mm -hmm. If you hear something in the background, my three-year-old is up. Yes. She and is she running around. knows no other way to um, transport herself anywhere other than stomping. Transport herself. <laughs> she stomps everywhere. Stomping. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but we were on the way there and this was, before my daughter was born. So this was oh, so a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but it's when I still had the Nissan Rogue. Um, oh, but we yeah. bought it used. Yeah. Um, 
it had been in a wreck previously, but the dealership mm-hmm. said they'd fixed everything. Everything mm-hmm. was fine. It wasn't salvaged, nothing yeah. like that. Um, so, and when we took it and we drove it around a bit, everything seemed fine. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it wasn't fine. Its headlights were a little wonky. Mm-hmm. And it made driving at night a little rough. Uh-huh. And it had been raining the entire way down. Yeah. And then we finally get to the turnoff where you're getting towards like the actual beach area. Mm-hmm. And it's like rural. Um, so, which is a really hard word to it say. It is when you think <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, but it, it stopped raining. But now we're on like two lane roads mm-hmm. that are very much sheltered by trees. Yeah. And it's wooded. Mm-hmm. I did not see the tree in the road till we were driving through it. Oh my god! It was a full out tree. I've never heard this story. You haven't. No. Um, my husband said we're dead. Sorry, I had confusers. That was really loud. Thank you for forgetting about this camera. Let me see if I can. I mean, camera, microphone. I'm going to turn it down just a smidge and Should see if it'll check the the tab with the recording thing to see how our. Or you can just listen to it. That works. You can see. Um, but that was probably really loud. I'm sorry, guys. Um, of the story of when a deer hit you oh yeah that was after this yeah um so uh because by that point i was like great this is just great um but yeah we didn't see the tree till we were going through it and thankfully it looked like how it had fallen it was mostly the leaves and the limbs not the trunk yeah because if we had hit the trunk at 50 miles an hour You'd probably be dead. Dead, or I would have, like, probably burns from the airbag and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah, so we didn't, I think the most solid part of the tree that we hit hit the right side of the car. Mm. Um, And so, but it, like, thwacked on the side view mirror. Yeah. Nothing else was damaged. Oh, good. Everything was, like, everything was fine. Yeah. Um, So we made it to the... To the house we were staying at. So Caitlin relates hardcore. <laughs> yeah, suddenly did because it was so dark and there was a car yeah. in front of us. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have my brights on because oh, did the car in front of you? I have no idea because we could see their taillights. Yeah. So either they were far enough ahead mm-hmm. that I could see them past the tree. Yeah. I mean, we didn't drive back out to look at the tree the next day because yeah. it was about 45 minutes from where we stay oh, so that's too far it. to just go out just to see i lost a part of my side view mirror and oh i wanted gosh. to go back and get it yeah. so i like didn't look like lopsided when i'm driving around <laughs> it's fine. thankfully the deer also hit the same side of the car so when we contacted yeah. insurance about it it all fixed it fixed oh, everything <laughs> you just didn't tell them about the tree because <laughs> the deer hit the same part so the deer legitimately ran into caitlin's oh, car yeah because i was it literally ran into my side door it's not like it ran into the front of my car. It was yeah, kind no, of like a mutual was, collision. Yeah. No, it ran into the side of my car. The deer T-boned your car. Basically. Yeah. Real life. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so continuing on, I really relate with, um, you know, not being able to see a tree till you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> um, another comment. She'd expected it to be cold, but it was warm. And the sensation of his fingers curling around hers was making her feel drugged. Yeah. Fine. I accept your offer. What depraved things am I going to be doing for you, your evilness? Good pay, benefits, decent work-life balance. It's a dream. I mean, basically. Like, I'd take them up on that. I'm pretty sure the villain would pay me more than my current job does. Shots fired. (laughs) Never mind. I could have taught myself coding for this job to do their website. It's fine. 
Chapter one. She bit back a, a sigh as black leather stretched over his thighs when he leaned across the desk. Because he threw the body over his shoulder like a sack of potatoes, not because he had very nice thighs. Priorities. Exactly. So, I'm always wearing black leather. <laughs> so good. Another chapter one. Stained glass windows depicting various scenes of evil and torture were evenly spaced along the beige brick walls, bringing in a warm array of light over the space. All I can picture is the beige cinder blocks of my high school classrooms with stained glass windows. And the fact that they depict torture is just hilarious to me. Do you know how I missed the fact that they depict torture? Like, every time I read this, until you pointed it out, I think that's glorious. They would have had to have someone make these and like, oh here's yeah. the scenes that i want yeah <laughs> people dying being maimed it's losing fun. limbs half my thoughts are about tatiana's dresses and how i would love a fantasy wardrobe and to go to one of those fantasy balls that are happening like they have like the starfall ball that's yeah big. like it came about like the starfall one i think came about because of akatar yeah um but like in general they also have just like fantasy balls mm-hmm. and like medieval things that you can yeah. go to and I really want to go. And I yeah. think we talked about I this. I think we did. I was about to say, this I sounds I feel like familiar. we did talk about some of this. Yeah. Because my cousins and I, since all the weddings, I'm get, yeah. we got our save the date from the last cousin that's getting married oh, today. Nice. So now I've got to book our hotel room because there's no Airbnbs in the area. Of course. And hotel rooms are ridiculous. Yeah, they are. I would much rather pay for renting a whole house. Yeah. An Airbnb. Oh, yeah. Where I can, like. We can take food or do what we need oh, to. Oh, yeah, especially with the kids, Rather too. than a hotel room. Yeah. I don't... I'm assuming the kids are invited. I really don't know. Mm, you might need to work Yeah, most of the time with family weddings, the kids are invited. I mean, but... your family's so big. Yeah. yeah. Not to. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> oh, you're... This is the next one. Oh, oh wait. No. no. You Any chance you'd add my head to the entryway? <laughs> <laughs> I just and, thought that was so funny. It was funny. <laughs> and chapter three. And you have dimples. Just the one. And then he calls her his little tornado. It's like, I have a comment about yes. the, the name. <laughs> yeah. I love them so much. And then in chapter three, it was, at the very least, consistent in that every Saturday consisted of the boss sending the interns outside and having them run from something. <laughs> the idea of Saturday and that it's his favorite day of the week is just hilarious to me. And the fact that the interns keep applying and reapplying for their position. It must be the same people. But it's either that or they, like, know that, like... Well, there's like, a part later when they talk about he gets so many applications from right. these people that are, like, in debt or need help or are the youngest I mean, sons of... good pay is good pay. I'll run for a day. I'd much rather have your animosity be outright than veiled behind business-appropriate so comments. True. Also, it's like, <laughs> you know what to expect when you sign up for the building. <laughs> and then chapter three. But Evie's personal favorite was the day the boss was so fed up with their antics that he began chasing them himself across the back courtyard. It was the fastest she'd ever seen them run. Oh, this image is just so funny to me. Almost makes me feel like running and wearing a backpack. Yeah. With how idiotic you feel. All I can picture is the time that I had to corral our Uh, first chickens. And I was so mad because they were just mindlessly running away from everything. The exact wrong directions every time. Uh. <laughs> and then in chapter three, when the villain pushed the intern off the, the parapet for saying something he didn't like, 
I forgot that it was probably about Evie, so it was like 10 bucks. It was something bad about Evie. And it was Confirm about Evie. Evie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just double checking that we're good. Okay. Yeah. All right, 15 minutes. Look at that. Yeah. It's going to be a long one. Guys. Yeah, we already knew that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, and then in chapter four, um, I too should not talk to people for, well before breakfast to avoid destructive tirades. I feel you, Mr. Villain. I mean, all we're getting from this is we are the, we are the villain that Maybe we totally understand, Evie. We are. <laughs> I <laughs> promised me. Uh, oh, I'm really glad there wasn't a love triangle. Oh I just had a comment God. about that because I think that's about when Blade came in. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I'm just so glad because yeah. he's a flirt, but mm. it's benign flirting. And Unless it's with Rebecca because I shoved him with Rebecca. Yeah, so and I really think there's going to be stuff happening for that book. Too. Oh, yeah. Especially after the dinner, the party mm. scene mm. where he was like so, so protective of I love that. Okay, anyways. Chapters. Okay. Oh, you, oh chapter you also have chapter six. So, how did I also miss that Kingsley has been with Tristan for 10 years now? I missed that it was 10 years too. I missed it until this read through. Like, that's a long time. And that is when he left King Benedict. <laughs> you can't see me. Um, She's doing, me like, doing the evil thing. I don't how you describe that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, another chapter six one. She made it nearly the whole way before she paused and glanced back at him. Glanced, oh, glanced back at him. I would, you know, torture someone. She clarified, and alarming sincerity on her, on her face. Oh, whatever. I think I mistyped something. Oh, maybe with I don't know because Anne doesn't make sense. Anyways, <laughs> if I knew it would help you, if it was someone hurting you, I'd do it, and I'd probably enjoy it just a little. With that, she spun on her heel, her sunny dress offsetting the weight of her words. I really appreciate Evie as a character because I think this is much more realistic for someone than the superiority moral high ground complex. Mm -hmm. But that is a personality trip as well. <laughs> Dane. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think we mentioned, I feel like we've mentioned that. Maybe. I don't know. But either that or I've just read through these notes often enough that I'm like, I feel like we've Probably, mentioned it. Yeah. But we actually have Because we had to rearrange all of our notes yeah. in the, the doc a few times. But I feel like it's just a very realistic way to... Yeah. Everyone has someone. a little bit of everything in them. We're all a little bit the villain. We are. Aww. <laughs> okay, so also in chapter six, but his heart wouldn't slow, as if insisting on reminding him that he had one. Such a subtle way of reminding both him and us that he is human and has a character arc and isn't just completely the villain. The villain yeah. I feel like this is, again, kind of one of those first moments where we build up to everything mm -hmm. and this reminding him that he has a heart mm -hmm. so small and subtle way to start that I, agree. I know he's the Grinch <laughs> chapter 7 but it was as if a string had been tied between her and the mysterious noise one that would not be broken until she found it what is that mysterious ticking noise um <laughs> I'm sold on that. She had to be thinking that when she oh, wrote it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Because the title of that Potter Puppet Pals episode is The Mysterious Ticking Noise. You guys, if you haven't seen it, please go back on YouTube. OG YouTube. Oh my gosh. So hilarious. I found out my brother as into the similar type of internet things that we are. Yeah. He, he had never seen Potter Puppet Pals. What? 
He had never seen Charlie the Unicorn. Oh my gosh. He had never seen the Duck Song. No, just just almost two years. He'd never seen the Duck Song. Yeah. Um, I didn't even think about telling him about Old Greg. Old Greg. Old Greg. Fuzzy Man Peach. So while we were down there for um my cousin's bridal shower. Yeah. At breakfast that morning. Which we ate at like eleven because we sat up and talked till like one in the morning because oh, I hadn't yeah. talked with him for a bit. Yeah. So we sat up and talked till like one in the morning, and then because I had no children to get me up, I still oh, woke up yeah. at six thirty mm, because yeah. real life. But I got to just laze around till about ten a.m. Oh, because nice my brother's a cop, and so he was going on. He was going to be on night shift, oh. um, not Saturday, but Sunday night. He yeah. was picking up an extra shift, and he was going to be on night, so he was having to adjust his sleep schedule. Yeah. So he was also waking up late to adjust that. Mm-hmm. And swing shift is not for the week. Oh yeah, um, I cannot imagine because every two weeks he goes from days to nights. So then that's I not just, enough time to really adjust. No, your body's like. I thought we just established I was sleeping yeah. during the night. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, we sat there at breakfast and I showed him Harry Potter Puppet Pals. And then oh the running God. joke the rest of the weekend was, it's a pipe bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. And then in chapter seven, of course, she said, her voice surprisingly steady, sighing a ragged breath tinged in annoyance. She said only, she said to only herself, of course, it's a bomb. <laughs> this is how I feel. Every time a customer calls in with an issue at work, maybe we have to put a little like bug ticket. Of course, it's a bomb. Of course, they found that. Of course, it's them. This is how I'm going to feel on our Monday morning meeting with business development. Yeah. Because apparently, this past, especially Friday, based from one of our sales reps, it was a it was a rough day because customers are having issues, and of course, those are the only issues that matter. Yeah. And so they want to know why we can't make an exception for them. Of course exception whatever yeah because we, they've been our customer for so long uh-huh. why can't we just do that this one time and i feel like this is not anything against our company i feel like this, this is just any universal company in general any customer customer support and customers right who it's have no always... idea that they're not the only person in the world right yeah anyways um her just enjoying Chris- tristan holding her after mm-hmm. the bomb went mm-hmm. off and then I just hit my keyboard. <laughs> the keyboard smash on the keyboard a few times. <laughs> it's like ah, because of course she's not concerned about the bomb anymore. She's like, oh, yeah. this, "There's the bomb. It's not nice. nice. Warm." <laughs> Chapter ten. A sob ripped through her, and she braced a hand against her stomach to try and push it back in, but it seemed to do the opposite. This is exactly what it feels like mm-hmm. when somebody has told you. That they don't trust you when you thought you built a good relationship and they have completely undercut the whole basis of your relationship. Yeah, Yeah, a sucker punch. Like, I have actively, like, crossed my arms over my stomach trying to hold myself together and feeling like everything is falling out anyways. Yeah. Like, it's exactly what it feels like. I was was just, this whole book put things in a way I was like, that's that's what it is. Such good writing, like. Yeah. Phenomenal author. Not cliche yeah. phrases. Yeah. <sighs> and after some books that we were talking about earlier. Oh my gosh. It's yeah. so hard to think of ones like Um, another chapter ten. No wonder you have such a superiority complex. I would too if I could see the world from this vantage point. Uh, <laughs> just way up top. <laughs> um, this is like the trend where people are putting their cameras up at like six foot four height to see what they look like from those vantage points. So people are doing that because like, yeah. as I've talked about, my husband is six foot. He mm-hmm. says he's six foot five. Pretty sure he's six foot four. Yeah. 
but I just let him have the other the the extra height. Once you're at six four, this one more inch. So I had him instead of actually taping my phone to the wall and like holding mm-hmm. it up at that, I had him just hold it at his like eye level. Yeah, and angle it down like he was looking at me. Uh huh. No wonder he thinks I'm cute when I'm angry. <laughs> I've seen a TikTok and we're like, well, no wonder. Because you're down here looking like a little elf. I'm so cool. No wonder he doesn't think I have any chins because he can't see them from up there. There's no chin perspective because I have to look up. <laughs> and then um, finding out his name and that he has a brother and sister after the fact for all three at the start of her being person like is the start of her being personally hurt by things he doesn't consider big deals because it's that whole expectation mm-hmm. and perspective he doesn't consider it a big deal yeah because he's in the middle of a sibling's back mm-hmm. she considers it a big deal because she wants to know more about him and mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why she would want to know more about him and it's that whole yeah expectation lack of communication just not knowing the other person well enough and mm-hmm. that just like leading up to where he told her he doesn't trust her yeah it was very good lead up for like constantly oh, like yeah having like a slow erosion very good the reveals in general about both of his siblings oh yeah so well done because as Mm -hmm. the reader you didn't see it coming either oh no it was a huge surprise i expected the bartender to be someone he had a previous history with i didn't expect it to be a brother no and again it's just the further with the character arc of humanizing the villain like oh the villain has siblings Ignore, what a human um, thing. <laughs> me putting the tin on this, the noise that will come. I keep looking at them and wanting to eat them, but I cannot because it will make too much noise through um, this microphone. We were really frustrated earlier and therefore ate cookies. Because <laughs> I have a tin of cookies that I keep in my closet because I don't want my daughter to get them. <laughs> she saw them one day that she snuck in here. Oh, yeah. And said, what's this? Is this for mama. It's an empty tin. And I very quickly hit it. <laughs> That's me. I will not share this because these cookies only come out at Christmas time at Aldi and they are gone and they do not restock. They are good. And they're 10 bucks a tin. Yeah. So. Also, it's just a very nice tin. ASMR. ASMR. Okay, in chapter 12. It was a hard lesson to learn that sometimes it was better to remain lonely than to waste companionship and energy on someone undeserving. So this was in the bar referencing Evie's ex. And I like this author is over here just mm-hmm. like spitting facts. It was mm. wow how hard that hits because we have all done oh, that before. Oh yeah, yeah. Whether it's an ex, a family member, mm-hmm. a friend, oh yeah, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which reminds me, my cousin's birthday was two days ago, and I oh. forgot to text her. Whoops. I'll do that after we finish this. Cool. <laughs> um, chapter thirteen. The brother can already tell she has him wrapped around her finger. Mm-hmm. knows from the get-go oh yeah it's so cute and also in chapter 13 uh but he seemed to make better decisions when she was near less impulsive more strategic she steadied him like an anchor to a wayward ship and he couldn't resist bringing her near so that he would not drift too far into his hatred <laughs> swoon <laughs> you might can with the microphone here i'm myself <laughs> with my long sleeves oh you can probably also hear the door clicking as i leaned on it it's fine sorry guys um the gleaming city makes me think of the emerald city yeah which the king is kind of like the man behind the curtain it is it's an interesting like kind of it's probably honestly could be an influence probably i would not be surprised yeah but it's also like different enough that it's not like she just ripped off wizard of oz i mean if you think about it the wizard of oz was 
such a huge part of all of our childhoods at this age. You know, like it wasn't for me. Really? I, I mean, didn't I feel see like it it's one of those... I was in high school. Really? And it was just because we watched it at school, and I found it boring. Are so really? I read through the whole I movie. I absolutely watched this as a kid, and it was such like a classic. We at, like had it on VHS tape, like it was recorded. I think my dad didn't like it. No, and so figures. There's. Chapter 14. We won't get into that. <laughs> After she changed and climbed into bed, she lay for hours, her stomach twisting with one thought. Would this enemy try to use her next to get to him? The foreshadowing. The foreshadowing oh, was built gosh. in so well through yeah. this whole thing, but in ways that didn't feel obvious. Oh, yeah. I never guessed it. It's one of those things, as a read-through, I caught it this time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa. I've noticed all the times it was slipped in about her worries that she would be his downfall. Mm-hmm. And she was, but she wasn't. Because she fought her way out of it and i'm really glad that i didn't finish rereading the whole thing because i would have been like just as anxious and torn up at the end because of how late the twist comes so ready for the next one um chapter 15 resume padding is a thing for blade and the fantasy world apparently (laughs) it's multi-universal i guess the fact that they have resumes (laughs) um and then chapter 16 um Oh, I found out the day they that they were transporting it, and I snuck in and lied, telling them I was there on business for my father. I waited until nobody was looking and just picked up the crate with the egg and took it away. Nobody stopped me. Nobody said nobody said a word, and then I was gone. The lack of security is either hilarious or suspicious. And then we later <laughs> find out it's both. <laughs> A great example of like acting like you belong somewhere and no one questions you. <laughs> and then also shortly after Blade mentions that she doesn't see it, that Tristan is in love with her. And I love that everyone else sees it so clearly. Yeah. The quote oh, for that was, quote. yeah, because I found the quote after you included that. Um, she heard Blade mumble something under his breath before she left. She couldn't make out the words exactly, but it sounded like he said, you have no idea, do you? <laughs> she really doesn't. <laughs> Chapter 17. <laughs> Did you redecorate? I hate it. <laughs> the exact feeling of siblings, exes, and people you just don't like. Yep. That was when she changed it. And that was wasn't when, it with Becky? No, this was with Tatiana and the sister, Tristan's sister. Oh, 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 because oh, yeah. they shared the cottage. Mm-hmm. And then she Because it was Tatiana's and, yeah. and she left. Yeah. Chapter 17. When Evie feels the alienating shame of not being worthy of information, mm. this is the worst feeling. Oh, yeah. For sure. And then in chapter 17, you knew King Benedict? It begins. <laughs> and then my next comment was, why can't I remember what gold ink is for? And then we've, we've already, I think, talked about it because yeah. like, the gold ink's on his bicep. Yes. On yeah. his bicep. Because at first I didn't remember either. But as we progressed with the notes and as we discussed some, we figured it out later. So, And as we have also just discussed in various podcast episodes, yeah. arms are really nice. Heck yeah, they are. <laughs> Especially some nice biceps and forearms. I mean, that's basically your whole point. But like, yeah. So specifically, arms. those muscle groups. <laughs> like nice. nice, nice shoulders. Mm-hmm. Just span mm-hmm. myself over here. Mm-hmm. Listen for the. <laughs> I wonder what that sounds like. On the. If you listen to this episode, you can. Yeah, after it's posted, and people yeah. can hear me go. You'll also let me know how obnoxious <laughs> my coffee is. Um. Anyways. Um. Wait, oh, nineteen. Okay, chapter nineteen. We had so many notes. The driveway stalled her moment of victory, and Evie whipped around to the open office door where the boss was now leaning against the jam, a brow raised. Leaning against the door jam. Uh I tried to get my husband to, like, lean. Uh 
but I keep forgetting to remind him before he's in bed. And once he's in bed, he's not getting back out. He's just going to sleep. Toilet. If you will just come here and lean over me in this doorway. Thanks. <laughs> Another chapter 19. Uh-huh. Could you um dismount me? <laughs> oh, of course. She gulped, throwing her- herself off him quickly and rising to her feet to retrieve her discarded shoes. She giggled nervously. I almost forgot I was on top of you. <laughs> fact that she teased him about a bald spot and then almost forgot she was on top of him <laughs> i was laughing but like oh yeah i could never yeah i'm so much of a touch me not that there is no way i could be distracted <laughs> enough by a bald spot to forget that i was sitting on top of my boss not just sitting but straddling <laughs> i would be mortified by any of our bosses right <laughs> just think even thinking like a general person like even just in general like oh, yeah. even if just like you ran it like mm-hmm. accident like collided with someone and felt like like yeah. you know the meat cutes and yeah. stuff. No, no boss spot can be distracted. You know? I would be even more self conscious if I right. thought the person was attractive. Right. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, we're touching What does he think of me? Did I remember deodorant? <laughs> because you know when you push yourself up, mm-hmm. the pits are just <laughs> they're open enough just right there to see any pit stains and smell and definitely the shape of pits. Um, and then chapter 21, this is her father. He smiled guiltily. And I said, he freaking should feel guiltier, heifer, heifer. Because <laughs> that's my current favorite insult for anyone and everything. Or if I'm just mad about a situation, heifer. <laughs> and then I had a bunch from 21. His mouth. Tamed. 21. <laughs> 21. Whatever it is, I'm sure it wasn't all that bad. Smiling at her, he continued, perhaps you might go and apologize. Evie tried to ignore the sting that her father assumed that it was she who did something wrong. Uh, one, um, uh, well, we had a conversation mm-hmm. about why someone saying it can't be that bad is a really horrible thing to say because you <laughs> don't actually know what someone's going through. And just because yeah. someone's young doesn't mean that their situation isn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like, on a personal note, we've talked about this before. My dad died when I was 18. So maybe you shouldn't just assume that an 18-year-old doesn't have anything bad going on in their life. Well, the conversation where we talked about... Yeah. I wasn't going to drag your life into no, it. No, it's, it's fine. We were sitting... I was with um, a friend sitting at church because when we were in college, we would still go back for our church's like choir practice. We would mm-hmm. still stay involved with that because we were trying to be supportive. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I that was the day that I found out that not only was my parents' divorce, like, actually final, final, mm-hmm. but my dad just told me that he was going to marry the woman that he had the affair with. Yeah. Um, and so I was tore up. And we yeah. get to church, and, like, my face is puffy. My eyes are red. Like, I look like I sh- real honestly shouldn't have gone, but I yeah. wanted to feel, like, somewhat normal. Oh, yeah. So we still went ahead and went. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the ladies of the church patted my shoulder. She passed by and said, it really can't be that bad. Cheer up. And if we're going to take this even a step farther, the friend that you went with also had her dad die at 18. Yeah. Like, her oh, freshman year of college was atrocious. Pro-abundant. Our RA for our, our dorm hall was like, what did I do to serve this group of girls? We all lived on the same hall, and this all happened. Oh, within, yeah, and this all happened within six months. Yeah, um, our friend was September. Yeah, my parents divorced in it was final in November, and he remarried yeah. two days later. And then my dad January. Yeah, yeah, our poor RA. 
<laughs> I know. Now I can't. It's been 10 years. So it has been. Yeah, this we just had the 10-year anniversary of mm-hmm. my dad's death. Yeah. yeah. Which wasn't as traumatizing as I expected it to be. Yeah. Good news. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so, we can, so, yeah, that just reminded me of that conversation. Yeah. Well, so don't ever like that say that to people. It can't be that. You then, don't know. If you look at it from the dad's perspective, he's also, I need my source of information mm. to stay. Oh, golly. And so he's trying to do whatever Ooh. he can to get her back into the castle because that he doesn't care about her at all. So, right. so angry. <laughs> yeah. Just the, it really can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. And she so knows exactly what she went through, too. Right. Because yeah. she wrote down everything. This is why you don't well, keep a journal. This was when he was talking about <laughs> her being assaulted by her former boss. Oh. Oh, I thought that was talking about going back and forgiving um, the villain. But then he was also talking about if she had just. No, I think this was him talking about her former boss. Oh. Because I thought that was at the end when she discovered it was him. I thought it was in both places. I could be wrong. Oh, because I thought he was just talking. conversation. That's awful. And then again in chapter 21. There, oh, maybe it was. Okay. There is so much that can be fixed by honesty. If you're brave enough to use it, it's something I wish I had been more with your mother. Well, you still ruined it with Evie's too, sir. Like, you did not learn your lesson there from her There was no mother. lesson learned. No. We need to go back and repeat kindergarten. And then, uh, again, 21. 21. <laughs> 21. <laughs> it was ironic that a man who dealt with so much death seemed to have brought her back to life. Uh, <laughs> and then in 23... And yet he somehow knew in his bones she was going to be the death of him eventually. Okay, this felt like so much foreshadowing. Like, physical, metaphorical, both. I think both. I think she's going to be the death of his persona as the villain, and or she's also going to become the villain too, so then it's like a different type of villain. Mm -hmm. I think her being part of the reason why he ended up being captured and sent back to King Benedict at the end. But she's so also going to feel like he's it because she's probably going to be put and he can't access his magic. He's yeah. probably going to be put back in the same place he was before mm. that was so dark, which is why he needs yeah. a nightlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then in but, 25, Benedict had been the first person to look upon Tristan's face and call him a monster. It was to be his life's greatest pleasure to remind the king exactly what that meant. Cool. It mm-hmm. also really reminded me of the conversations that we've had both on the podcast, off the podcast about, you know, you spend long enough telling someone what they are, eventually yeah. that's what they're going to become. Yeah, and the the words leaving my brain right now. Um, like a self-fulfilling prophecy? That, that, yeah. that self-fulfilling prophecy where mm-hmm. language is so powerful and mm-hmm. how you use it to address yourself, how you speak to others, but also how you speak to yourself, like your yeah. mental voice. And if you're constantly negative, mm-hmm. you're going to see the world in negative. You're going to think everyone else sees you negative. You're, yeah. It's that's just going to be a repeating cycle. Yeah. Um, but that's, I think we can label that um, the death of him mm-hmm. with our second book theories about, mm-hmm. yeah. like, I think, I think it's along the lines of what you're saying, like the yeah. death of what he thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I also think it can be used as just a phrase yeah. and maybe like maybe it wasn't necessarily meant to be there as foreshadowing could be looked at it, but it ended up becoming but... when you read too much into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Chapter 26 lips that seem to tilt and move just a little bit closer. 
He totally thought about it. I think this is when they're looking at the dragon. I think so. And he pushed her behind him uh-huh. or something like that. He was totally thinking about it. Oh, yeah. Um, Chapter 27. More than that, she pictured how she'd feel if the villain hung his head in the entryway for old boss. Suddenly, the smile on her face was very real as the two of them approached. I also want to see Otto Warson's face, um, head in the entryway. I agree. <laughs> Chapter 28. You're not all that bad, are you? He looked offended. How dare you? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. It's, it's more of that humor that is very characteristic of this book. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy it. Same. Um, chapter 31. Oh, 21. just kidding. That was 29. your comment. Chapter 29. <laughs> the drought didn't take as long as expected, but neither did the damage from the swamp breath Swamp breath that melted the bramble where he'd just been standing. Feels like a good representation of morning breath. Especially so, for someone drinks coffee, too. Oh, right. So, like, this morning, um, we break the night into shifts. Mm-hmm. So, if our almost eight-month-old wakes up between before one o'clock, Mm-hmm. I'm the one to get up and feed him. If he wakes up between one and when we get up for the day, then my husband gets up to feed him. Mm-hmm. Um, it normally works out. <laughs> my husband has to get up. Don't tell him that I purposely make sure he's eating enough at night that he doesn't get up before one o'clock. <laughs> um, but then like on the weekend, like my husband fed him at two thirty this morning. And so he was like, chattering around seven mm-hmm. and he wakes up very happy in the mornings and we'll chatter Hi. and like hang out by himself and just talk to himself until uh-huh. we can hear him in the monitor mm-hmm. and so if he gets to where he's like busting and getting yeah. mad then that's when we go in there yeah but i feel like letting the kid like talk and chatter by themselves is good for them but also it he doesn't it's not like a you need to be in here with me right now because yeah. i know some kids are like they don't ever want to be alone it's mm-hmm. so like if he's comfortable like playing by himself yeah from the get-go you're teaching then, self-soothing as well yeah yeah so he um i had to get up but before i went to go give him his bottle i said i'm not gonna breathe dragon breath in this baby's <laughs> face this morning so i was like all right I've got to make sure my hair's out the way where he can't yank on it and mm-hmm. then i've got to brush my teeth because i will not I don't even want to know what his little face would do if I was talking to him without brushing my teeth in the morning. Because oh. he's so expressive already. <laughs> yes. The best side eye. Mm. My kids are really good at the side oh, eye. Oh, they are. They got it natural. <laughs> don't worry. Chapter 31. Because of the stepping on your foot thing, Sage asked rhetorically and leaned over his desk to grab the quill out of the ink pot. The ink pot foreshadowing! I feel like the thing that she wrote in this case also wasn't spied upon, but I wish I remembered like what she had written down. Okay, it wasn't because she was, that's when she, they were planning the, um, Govra. Mm-hmm. That's when they were planning the getting the second one, um, and how that was. So that's why that one was able to get free. They had no idea because it wasn't the correct ink that was used. Oh, so good. And see, um, I am pretty sentimental, but, and I guess in Evie's case, mm-hmm. thinking her father was sick, knowing he went out of his way to go get her this special ink for, for her to her use. Stay at work. I can see why she would feel obligated to use it. Yeah. My absent-minded self would totally not remember it. And I would have multiple different colors of different types of ink in there yeah. just because I wouldn't remember. And yeah. so I would not have been a good spy. <laughs> Which would be bonus points to you in this one. <laughs> purposeful or accidental spy in chapter 32 (laughs) it's huge evie gasped blade turned to her then a sly smile on his lips 
by the gold piece for every time. A loud smack wrenched through the air and Blade winced and clutched the back of his head. The villain didn't even look in Blade's direction as he brought his hand back to his side. <laughs> I laughed so hard here because especially that the reaction was that he got smacked upside the head and the <laughs> villain could have done anything more violent. And then not much later, only reason I think he was more lenient with Blade is because mm -hmm. he knows how good of friends he is with Evie. Yeah. Um, but then a little bit later, um, she called him cute and it took her leaving the room for him to realize. Yeah. He was like, did you just call me cute? <laughs> In 33, belonging was such a foreign concept to Evie, something she quietly longed for, but had never figured out how to achieve. But here it was, her moment, her people. It was worth the wait. Man, that was heartbreaking. And again, with the character arc revealing in Evie and then her village, village, villain origin village story. Origin. <laughs> her villain origin story. Definitely, because now her people are going to rally around her and she's going to kick some butt. Yeah, because her people were attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then <laughs> it was in this same section. So she's like feeling the sense of belonging. And then the villain walks in, Tristan. <laughs> And so I like she's watching him walk to her and he's walking to her like he's not paying any of the rest of them attention uh -huh. drenched with his clothes clinging to every curve of muscle on his torso. Okay. The tension right yes. after this so sentimental like thought of she belonged uh -huh. and then the hot man walks in. Um, I'm going to ruin this for a minute because you pointed out the leather pants. <laughs> Was he wearing leather? That I don't know. I wanted to be because all I can hear squeak squeak squeak. This would not have been wearing leather because that totally would have been brought up because she totally would have made fun of it. Oh my god, that would have been hilarious. I feel like when he wears leather and when he's purposely going out to fight. Probably. Because that's what he wore with the yeah. girf girf. Yeah. Um and then chapter thirty-three. Careful, lovely Rebecca. Blade raised his glass. I ship them. Yes. That's the only reason I put this quote there because yeah. I ship them so hard. In thirty-five, Evie thinks that adulthood should be illegal. <laughs> I agree. Yep. And then also in thirty-five, if I hadn't distracted her, you would have been an evil pancake. <laughs> we have pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> it makes it even better. <laughs> they were chocolate chip. Oh, yum. My daughter ate two and a half. Oh, nicely done for how tiny she is. She can be a little black She can put she this food away if she can focus long enough to eat. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> In 36, I understand why he keeps him here. Edwin was the only one who, and then it gets cut off. I need more on this backstory. I need it was more probably that he was like, Edwin. I feel like Edwin was like that person that you look up to and he treated him more yeah. like a father figure. I just want more. Yeah. <laughs> more backstory. And then in 37, makes sense, the male voice chuckled. Have you seen the way the man handles slights against him? Look at what he did to Joshua Lighten Lightenstone? Lightenstone, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh no, the female's voice became a conniving whisper. I heard he did that because of what Joshua said about Miss Sage. I was proven right and I had the document. <laughs> yeah. This is well, why the intern got thrown off the parrot. Oh yeah, Evie just finding out that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> gold yes <laughs> um oh i mean see i have the whole block here um chapter 42 but tristan slid back into the patterns he had been raised with quickly almost to preserve himself he didn't need affection he didn't need people to show they loved him it was a waste of time it was wasted on him 
so heartbreaking and so real. I just mean like, it's okay. You're okay. Pat him on the head. Again, in 42, it was a nearly perfect moment. And then the screaming began. This was the yeah. most romantic yeah. moment when they were dancing in a meadow. And then, of course, the screaming began. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Typical. In 43, unless she could find a way to make herself a resource, she would quickly become a nuisance. Perhaps she already was one. I love seeing a female main character that doesn't insist on inserting herself, or any main character, that insists on inserting themselves into a situation that they don't need to be in because they think they're going to go help, but in reality, then they just mess everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of these are going to be mine because Mm -hmm. I've got, okay. Oh, we've got some. Okay, good. I was about (laughs) to say, feel free to jump in at any point. Um, In 46. But he did love her. It wasn't a question or even a sudden realization. He had known, hadn't he? He had known from the moment she called him pretty. I'm glad we have the exact moment documented on when mm-hmm. he fell for her because it was that moment in the woods when they first met and she was like, why are You're you so pretty? pretty. <laughs> oh, I loved it. It's confusing to people. You can't be pretty and evil. I loved it. And then also in 46, she was everything he never deserved, but longed for anyways. It's like, I'm highlighting way too much in this book, but I'm hardcore freaking out right it's now. It's so how cute. cute. And then also in 46, Tristan allowed himself just a moment to angle his head into the crook of her neck before he made a vow that he'd never tell her. I was so like, this is, if I didn't trust you, yeah. would have DNF'd it. Yeah. Because when it, they're like, I'm never going to, like get over yourself mm-hmm. gets on my nerves um but also he's smelling the vanilla drops because she mm-hmm. always eats vanilla drops i want to know what these vanilla drops actually taste like because my favorite tootsie rolls are the vanilla ones because i mean because you can't ever like your favorite can't be the regular tootsie. it's got to be it's got to be the like the different well i think they're actually fruit rolls out I don't of find them at halloween the tootsie roll flavors to normal is actually my favorite <laughs> I just love the vanilla one. But then also, like, I've seen in another book where, like, the character will, like, put vanilla extract behind her ears uh-huh. as part of her perfume. And I'm like, I would totally be up down for smelling like a bakery. Um, my downfall would be that I would forget and probably lick my finger afterwards and then <laughs> die inside. Um, okay, chapter 46. But when he finally looked up, Sage was staring between the body Tristan was hovering over and the unconscious one a few feet away. He stepped to the side, suddenly very aware of the blood covering his clothes and the spatter of spray marking her once immaculate dress. There was a metaphor in there somewhere, and he had no desire to find it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like this section, but also, like, she's, like, just ready to go over there and hug him. Yeah. She's not worried at all about the blood. No. Which is why we love them. (laughs) Chapter 47. He was a good kisser. But of course he was. Attractive murderers were always good kissers. She was pretty sure she had heard that expression before. Or maybe she made it up in one of the many daydreams in which she imagined happening. (laughs) Just laughing. Just so much laughing. Chapter 50. Sage's pain was surrounding him as though he could see it. I was about to say, I think he skipped over their whole kiss. But I think we we talked about it in favorite parts. Yeah. Okay. Um, Now I don't feel bad. (laughs) It was stinging his skin, burning him so deeply he felt faint. This is where it started to come back to me what the gold ink was for. Oh, yeah, I didn't get back. I didn't get that far in my reread. It's fine. <laughs> so then in chapter 53, it has the explanation. So instead of the green ink used in employment bargains, he had used the gold because unbeknownst to the public, its main purpose was protection. It warded against the strongest of evils. And when she'd face them, he'd know. He'd had the same gold ring placed around the circumference of his biceps. Oh, both biceps, because mm-hmm. I highlighted it. So, oh, okay, okay. 
Um, so that when she faced any true threat of death, it would tell him one way or another. Gold ink was a fickle sort of magic. It catered to its own rhythm, letting him know in different ways when she needed him. The unpredictability was inconvenient, but it was better than nothing. I, I documented this for the gold ink reveal, but also the thought of him having matching tattoos for her on his biceps. Especially now that I read it out loud and I realize it's both biceps and not just one. <gasps> but fine. also, it's all fine. okay, when we talked about the whole, the male and female gov govs mm-hmm. that were mate, mated, mm-hmm. um, and that the woman, mm-hmm. the female is going to be much more volatile when she knows her man's in danger. Doesn't by the end, doesn't she know what the ink's for? Uh, she knows that the gold ink is different, but I don't know that she has the full explanation of what gold ink is for. Either way, I wonder if she'll be able to kind of tell if the connection works both ways. And now that she's aware of it, or potentially will be aware of it, that it can help her. But also, if there's some magical connection that the female was able to escape from King Benedict, because they didn't know about the Guvra thing yeah. uh-huh. because she wrote with the other ink. Mm-hmm. So if the female was able to escape and there's some sort of magic bond there, they've got some sort of magic mm-hmm. bond, even if like soulmates in the fantasy sense of you're mated and you have mm-hmm. that tie where you can talk to each other yeah. in your brain. Mm-hmm. Even if that doesn't seem to exist in this world, or at least it doesn't for humans. Yeah. There's still some sort of magical bond with the gold ink. And I mean, it says right here in the quote that gold ink is a fickle sort mm-hmm. of magic. It- catered to its own rhythm letting him know in different ways when she needed him i can so what if it can do other things yeah i can see that evolving and growing as their relationship deepens Mm -hmm. over the next book or two i'm so excited okay um chapter 53 when we have the dad reveal um that was just Mm -hmm. insane especially the first time through oh my gosh and then in 54 I'll ask again in case you did not hear me, she said coldly. Did you plant the bomb that almost killed me? How could mm. father do that? Mm. And I'm so glad that Evie can keep her head about it and not just be a total wreck and trying to find the best in him still. Mm-hmm. Like jumping to the fact that you almost killed me. Did mm-hmm. you know? Mm. He's mm. worse than the mother because the mother never wanted to harm any of her children. Oh, yeah. And she left potentially partially so she wouldn't hurt any more mm-hmm. of her children. Okay, and then also in 54, she shook her head, pushing her shoulders back and standing tall. I am not ashamed. Yes, queen! <gasps> and then, oh, go ahead. I think most of the rest of yours are, um, they're all yours because oh, I didn't yeah. get this yeah. far. <laughs> you can jump in with Ember about my comments. It's going to be like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, I agree, yes. <laughs> That's basically what the entire prologue was. I just flipped. Okay. Um, also in 54, um, just assume that all of these are from chapter 54 until I say otherwise, because I don't, um, you wouldn't have had to do any of this if you had just agreed to Mr. Warson's offer. Her father's shoulders, her father's shoulders moved up and down. His eyes glazed over unseeing the amount I wanted to throttle him in this moment. Like, oh, I was so Why angry. would you want that? Because the way a lot of people now, it's like a false way to think about it in terms of, um. I don't know, like, what words, if anything's, like, trigger through. Because mm. I know, like, you have to abbreviate stuff and censor things. And I don't know, like, what would be triggered. Because we're not, like... But, like, in terms of, like, talking about things happening to women. Yeah. Um, a the lot of people's excuse... True. <laughs> <laughs> I got worried about that for a minute. <laughs> but the um, 
the the way that people try to garner sympathy for women in that is they're yeah. like, think about your mother, think about your sister, think mm-hmm. about your daughter. People immediately go to the close personal connections, even yeah. though that happening to anyone should anger anyone, regardless oh, yeah. of your personal connection to them. Mm-hmm. It's just wrong across the board. Absolutely. But for him, he was willing to let her, his daughter go through that mm-hmm. just because. Yeah. And he knew that she would be his mistress, too. This wasn't like a marriage proposal where he was like, well, he might not treat you well, but, like, you'll be his wife, so you'll have his protection. Oh, no. No, he just wanted a little bed warmer. Well, and he wanted to pay for it. Mm-mm. Um, And then the next one. It wasn't as dramatic as all that, Evangelina. His fa- her father waved his hand, disgusted. He came to me and offered you. He came to me and offered to give me a little extra money in exchange for a few nights a week of your company. Mm. Mm. Well, let's let some rich woman come and tell um, the dad and say, I just need a few nights. Yeah. Take up that mantle of responsibility yourself, sir, if you have to. Uh, And then, really, Evie said, shrugging, if someone's willing to trade me for sexual favors without my consent and also places a bomb in my workplace knowing full well it could kill me, I don't think those are the purest of intentions. She had so many good responses to him. And then, I was never sick, he screamed back, his eyes bloodshot. Oh, this reveal. Because this whole more mad. Like, it just adds on to the whole thing. This Even to, like, to this point, even in their argument, Evie still thought that he Mm -hmm. was actually sick this whole time. And then, we never suffered for money. I had plenty. Her father showed no remorse. That betrayal on top mm-hmm. of everything else, the fact that he was getting plenty of money, but he kept it from him. And then he kept taking her money. There was a point I remember when he was like, hey, Evie, can I have a coin to go get a beer with my friends? And she right. digs into her purse to give him money. Yeah. And she, mm-hmm. the one thing she bought for herself, she had to tear up. Yeah. It was the dress. Yeah. And it was ruined. People forgot. Yeah. And it was ruined. <laughs> yeah. Because she tore it to help the dad. Mm-hmm. And then it got blood all over it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, next, with a small smile of resolve, Evie dug deep inside herself with the last of her strength. I don't want to be good. The last word was spoken with malevolence. Evie hadn't been certain she possessed. <laughs> yes, please. Woman villain. And then, there is no room in my world for someone who hurt me the way you did. You do not belong walking on the ground I walk or breathing the air I breathe. You don't get to move on or be redeemed. Your story is finished. Whatever happens to you is now no no concern to me. Mm. Ah, such good setting boundaries, cutting ties, everything. Mm-hmm. We're all monsters in the end. At least mine lives in the light. In referencing the villain. The yeah. one-liners just in this whole chapter right. are phenomenal. And you could argue he's really not in the sense of a villain. Mm-hmm. He would never do to someone Mm-mm. what her father did to her. Which is just such like a, a brain bend when you start realizing mm-hmm. all this here at the end and the point the author is making. <sighs> okay, now we're finally in a different chapter. We're in 55. <laughs> Um, the villain says, take Mr. Sage out the window if you can. She shouldn't have to see him a second time. To the cellars. A clean one, if you please. It doesn't need to be clean, Evie called out. <laughs> as thoughtful as even here, but also how funny. It doesn't need to be clean. Let him sit in his own filth. It's fine. 
um, then, oh my, oh, what is it? Oh, she just says like, oh, oh she stuttered. Yeah. My father is a monster and my mother's abandoned me. Of course I'm evil now. That's like every villain's origin story, right? He shook his head, wanting only to reassure her. You're not evil, Sage, she said flatly. You made a difficult choice. The clarification here that he can see for her, but not for himself, that they're not evil. They've just had to make difficult mm-hmm. choices. Mm. And that's like common for people in general. Yeah. You can tell someone else the same thing that you struggle to tell yourself. It's like that video I sent you. I think yeah. it was last night. Where it was, mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell uh, your husband's out of town this weekend because oh, you're just like real, real, <laughs> real, real. I was laying in bed and I was like, I have nothing to do with my life. It's so boring. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the person in the video was just saying, speak to yourself like you would a dear friend on like, you did the best you could with the knowledge that you had at mm-hmm. the time. And like now you might know more, but you did the best you could. I was over there just like sobbing, <laughs> sending reels to Caitlin. <laughs> um, in 56, he crossed his arms, then uncrossed them, finally settling on his thighs. Evie wouldn't mind having your hands there as well. Focus, you absolute mm-hmm. nincompoop. Nincompoop was funny. <laughs> it, yeah, I thought it was funny. wonder if we can, like, not have to read all the total quotes and, like, kind of mm, skip through and summarize. True. Yeah, it's just, well. Um, just the fact of uh, Evie being angry at the thought of a young uh, Tristan just looking for any scraps of praise because he's mm-hmm. so unused to it. Just seeing things for each other, but not for themselves because, you know, same for her. Um, yeah. with her being desperate to make other people happy and feeling like she has to earn her place in the world is all just so good um and then the villain's powers came out because he was in the dark for like a whole month no way out and mm-hmm. so that's when his powers revealed himself well she's about to be in the dark metaphorically yeah for a while and that's why i think it's going to come to our theory that i think her powers i think she's going to manifest powers after this i think so too I'm going to skip that quote, probably, unless mm-hmm. you want me to read it. Okay. Um, okay. So I had an interesting thought. In chapter 59, um, it, it talks about King Benedict and how he speaks with such kindness in his voice. Evie would have trusted that kindness in another place when she was another person. Okay. So I, I don't think you've read the book series Graceling. Hmm. Probably not. Okay. So it, it's really I recognize good. the title. Okay. I thought it was actually really good. You'd probably like it. So there's an evil king who has the power of um, manipulating and kind of gaslighting people. If he says the words, whoever hears them will believe them. And then if that person who repeats his words to other people, no, you're fine. Um, then it gets passed along and the next person believes it. But the farther it spreads, the more it kind of like gets diluted. diluted. Yeah. It sounds um, like um, in the prisoner's throne. Um, the it's the next one oak from um oh the the wicked um, the wicked the king the cruel prince the cruel prince series yeah um so oak jude's little brother Mm -hmm. half brother however yeah um it's the series uh it's the duology it's a a duology so the prisoner's throne is about to come out i can't Mm. think of the first book's name um i wrote it on the library app um i think it's something king it's I don't remember what it is, but it's yeah. based off of her, mm. the girl's point of view, and then the prisoner's story is going to be based off of Oak. But that's what mm. Oak, he has the power to like, the power of suggestion. Oh. And that's why he's always been really well liked, is because yeah. he can suggest things, and that's all mm. people want to do for him then after that, that's that type of thing. But it's not the same in terms of it, 
it carries the words themselves yeah. they carry through it's just yeah. him That's if like somebody else had repeated what he'd said yeah. you'd be like what are you talking about yeah and so with the like in Graceling, the the wife finally like has this breakthrough moment where she kind of realizes it when she's mm-hmm. been away from him long enough so she barricades herself in the room mm-hmm. with her daughter to keep her daughter safe because she's really really young mm-hmm. because the king's been terrorizing the people and animals like mm-hmm. just generally like sociopath mm-hmm. um and so it really makes me think of king benedict here what if he has magic and what if some of that is something similar because oh. everyone loves king loves king benedict everyone thinks he's great he does all these wonderful things for the kingdom he's got the opposite magic to the villain yeah what if he has something that's like i'm awesome and everyone must believe it and you have to have a villain to mm-hmm. keep because war always seems to keep if you, if you can unite people around going, a thing yeah. Huh. and uh, i'm sure this has probably already been covered but i'm like very certain he started the mystic illness oh yeah yeah and it, it probably has to be tied with like the baby gobra or whatever mm, probably yeah mm. yeah things are coming together I forgot about, I forgot about the baby yeah okay so let's see what's the next one the next one kind of ties in with that where the king started to look kind of villainous um yeah well and then she's like i'm his assistant yeah and then she killed a dude yes um okay so then there is uh these knights that came after evie and um she she kills the one of them but then the remaining knight her unlikely hero did not say a word merely stood there for a moment assessing her his whole face covered by a silver silver helmet save for his eyes i need to know who this is they're gonna have a like it could be the mom it could also be the dad if he's feeling like a shred of remorse at no, this point. No, she froze him, remember? Oh, yeah. And then he got carted off to the dirty cellar. Yeah. Okay. But it is someone who feels bad for her. I need the rest of that story, too. I wonder if it's someone from the village. Or just someone who feels pity on her, having seen the situation. Or someone An who's sympathetic hero. with the villain because they know the true colors of Benedict. Maybe um, Kingsley um maybe he just got like body switched with a frog and that's actually like a frog soul in this human i don't know my brain started going there and then i regretted it nah, as maybe. my words came out because like what if it's someone frog. that knew kingsley oh a friend of tristan and kingsley's in the palace that's how they have information I need <laughs> the rest of that story oh and we're at the end of our notes we are so this has been a 10 <laughs> years long session section However, want to call it solid at least an hour. It's been it's been an hour and four minutes. Yeah. So, um, because Riverside is different, um, we're oh, not yeah. actually like stopping recording. So we're gonna be silent for a second while we click our cups and then we'll do our outro. There we go. Yay! That's so weird. <laughs> Thank you for joining us this week it's been a more than week long adventure for us yeah thank you for joining us this week on our special fifth week episode talking about assistant to the villain obviously we really loved it we highly recommend that you guys go out and read it don't Um, listen to the naysayers yeah it was phenomenal we're very we're very picky about our reading stuff um so we we rate it very highly and book two is coming out soon so if you liked book one if you went out and read it go ahead and pre-order book two that definitely so supports the author. author yeah go follow her on all the socials just give her a lot of support um and we hope that you join us next week back for our regularly regularly scheduled programming yes of my dear cold-blooded king Yay.